Welcome to more details, please, with your hosts, Emmanuel and Angela Williams, where we dive deeper into conversations with visionary entrepreneurs to discover what it takes to turn passion into purpose. Listen to real-world stories from self-starters and trailblazers and discover strategies and innovations shaping a greener future. Whether you are a seasoned business person or just starting out, let this be your go-to resource for inspiration and actionable tips for success. Join us now as we create a brighter, greener future together. Welcome to More Details, Please, broadcasting live in the Business Radio X Studios in Tempe, Arizona. We are here to help entrepreneurs turn their passion into purpose. We're your hosts, Angela. And Emmanuel Williams. And today we have in studio Jeff Heggie. So today's episode is all about how you unlock that curiosity in business, which is exciting. And that's really the nexus of our podcast. I mean, the title is More Details, Please. So we are absolutely curious. So every time you say something and we want to hear a little bit more, we're going to say more details, please. So just kind of get ready. So I'm going to introduce you right on the other side of Emmanuel, just kind of kicking it off, giving us a little summary about the podcast itself. Emmanuel? Yes. Well, first of all, thank you, Jeff. I really, we really appreciate your time and your presence. And the purpose of this podcast is more detail, please. And we are entrepreneurs. And we always say entrepreneurs, we want to make help them to turn their passion into purpose. What is it about you as an entrepreneur that causes you to turn your passion into purpose? And when we read about you, you know, we was really impressed because you are helping people. You are coaching people. You are helping people get to that next level in life. And so we were very interested in hearing what makes you tick. We're very interested in hearing what is the fears and the anxieties that you are able to overcome to be the successful person that you are. And so that's what this podcast is all about. And so as we go deep into the psyche of the mindset, uh, we'll have some fun and some enlightening moments. And we're just so happy that you can share some pearls of wisdom uh, from your experience to our audience. Yep. So Jeff is an entrepreneur and a success coach with a passion for helping others achieve their biggest dreams. I want to achieve my biggest dreams. So you're here to help me too. Free coaching. Ah! So he teaches people to become the optimal performance performing entrepreneurs, which is great. So Jeff, we're going to start with the very basics. Tell right. us who is Jeff? Who is Jeff? I'd say number one, Jeff is a father and husband. That's that's where my priorities are. Um, love my family. I've got an incredible family. I've got four kids and one grandkid. That that's really where everything stems from. But I I was born and raised in southern Alberta in Canada, and always had that passion to do something on my own. I never wanted a boss. I wanted to be able to kind of lead my own way, and so that's a lot of what I've done throughout my life has been that way and. It's what I love. And I've had the opportunity to run a number of different businesses. I did have a stint in the banking industry at the beginning, but that lasted a while. And then I stepped out and started my own business and have done a bunch of different businesses, real estate, manufacturing, retail, and the coaching part of it, I absolutely love. And including in that, I've also been involved in sports all my life. You know, growing up in a small town, 
sports is a big part of our family. I was pretty much the kid that my older brother did it, so I wanted to do it. And so whatever sport he played, I played. And that's actually how I ended up. I, we were talking earlier. I was a professional rodeo cowboy. Well, it's because my older brother was, and so I had to follow his path. Later on, after high school and whatnot, after college, I started coaching basketball. And so I've got I've been coaching basketball for 20 years. And there's so many things that overlap with entrepreneurship and athletics that I love tying them all together. And so really, what I do today has all of that tied in together. Well, you, you know, Jeff, in reading your bio and um, your experience being a rodeo person, um, I'm just so fast. No, not a rodeo person, a rodeo cowboy. A rodeo, <laughs> a rodeo cowboy. I'm just so fascinated at how you started, the story in terms of how you started. And I look at your bio and connect that incident of starting to be a rodeo cowboy and how that is a string between you being a coach helping other people. And what I look at is listening to your story. It was as if you had to take the plunge to master yourself through bull riding, through overcoming your fears, jumping out the way that you did in order to get to a point where you can help other people. So I look at that activity. As a rodeo cowboy, rodeo that rides bulls, as young as you was, in a way of breaking yourself in to be able to prepare you, consciously or subconsciously, for this life journey that we're on now. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's definitely some tie-ins there, and I think it probably relates just about a lot back to a lot of my personal characteristics and stuff like that because. I always wanted to go and do those things that excited me. And, you know, so I, the whole rodeo career part, I did start out in high school and I started out as a calf roper. And that's more of a talented finesse part of the sport. And I never, I never was great at it, but my older brother was a steer wrestler. And that's the one where you, ride the horse full speed down the arena, jump off onto the steer's horns and wrestle them to the ground. And so that was something I was like, that that looks really cool. I'd, I'd really like to try that. And so I did. I, I called him one day and I said, you know, Todd, I'd really like you to teach me how to steer wrestle. And he said, okay, yeah, next time we're practicing, come on out and we'll show you a few things and you can get into it. I said, yeah, that that's that's good, but I need you to teach me now. I entered a rodeo for next Friday. <laughs> wow. And so he says, okay, meet me at the arena. You know, obviously, I mean, even, you know, as you get better and better at things and get more experience, things slow down and the adrenaline, the adrenaline's always there in rodeo. And so when we started, it was a situation where he said, you know, you're going to be going full speed. Everything's going to be going a million miles an hour. It's scary. It's yeah. it's going to be hard. And he told me, he says, the first couple times, if you just want to stay on the horse and ride on by that, that's okay. So, but the third time, if you keep doing it, it just gets harder and harder. So the third time, I'm going to put a rope around you and I'm pulling you off that horse, whether the steer's there or not. <laughs> <laughs> and so fortunately for me, I, I was like, there's no way I'm letting Todd pull me off my horse. And so I jumped off on the first one and it was actually that night. I, I can't remember exactly. It was so long ago. I think there was seven in a row I caught. Wow. And so, and it. Every single one of them, we were going at least a million miles an hour, wow. and the adrenaline was twice that. Wow. <laughs> so in that way, Todd was your coach, seriously. He, he really was. And, and 
he was for years and years and yeah. still is. I mean, that's your big brother. It is. It so is. it's always nice to follow behind him. Now, let's talk about um, entrepreneurs and coaching. Specifically, what's the benefit of having a coach that has entrepreneurial experience? I, I really think that the experience is what really solidifies a coach. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I look at my entrepreneurial experience and I've had a lot of great successes, but I've also had a lot of failures. And those failures, as hard as they were and as many struggles as I went through, for clients that I work with, they're more valuable than my successes. In fact, I, I so I had a manufacturing company for 16 years and I was coaching a guy in a completely different industry, but he was in manufacturing. And he was taking his company in a certain direction. And I said, you know what? Let me tell you why you don't want to do that. <laughs> and, and it was just an experience that I had in my own company that even though they were different industries, it was the same situation. Yes. And it really, it helped him avoid some major, maybe not roadblocks, maybe catastrophes. Yeah. And so having that experience is pretty valuable. And not only that, it's, being in the trenches, I think, is important because, you know, we look at, if we look at our real estate coaching right now, we're doing it in a way that it's not just taking our, our members of our program and saying, here's what you should do. Instead, we're saying, hey, come look over my shoulder and watch what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And then you can turn around and do the same thing and we'll help you do that. Um, we're, we're in the trenches doing exactly what they're trying to do. And so they get to see it firsthand, whether it's good or bad. It, you know, I had an experience just this morning on a real estate deal that didn't go anywhere near what we expected it to. And just like I was saying earlier, our, our members of our program are going to learn more from that than those projects that go perfect. That's right. That's right. That that resistance. And I know Imaya has a lot to say about that. I, I do. I, I want to know what is it that caused you to want to be a coach? What, what is the passion that you have inside of your heart to help people to take what knowledge that you have and translate it to help other people? Where did that come from? Where it came from, I would say, is my coaches. Whether it was my basketball coach, football coach, my boxing coach, whatever it Todd. was, Todd, <laughs> they, they've given me so much. And it's a way to give back. But what I love, whether it's in athletics, business, whatever, to see someone start and learn and grow, it's just as rewarding for me as it is for them. And I, I really think a lot of it comes from the fact that watching that happen, watching their success feels like my success as well. Mm -hmm. You know, when I, when I started my manufacturing company, one of my business partners every year him and I would go over to um, Hawaii to one of the universities over there at BYU-Hawaii, and we would coach the entrepreneurial students for the business plan competition, and then we would um, help judge, judge the competition. And being able to, at that university, there's students from all over the world, but it depended on what group they were in, depending on kind of what type of businesses. And to be able to mentor students that were from the Philippines, and their whole business plan was how they're going to deliver rice from village to village. Mm -hmm. It was just so rewarding. And the long story short, I have a virtual assistant right now in the Philippines, 
that I said, you know what, about 10 years ago, we did this business plan competition in Hawaii, and there was a kid from the Philippines, and I told him all about it. Mm-hmm. He says, he's still running that business. I know who he is. Oh, wow. Wow. It was really cool. Yeah. And so stuff like that, it's just so cool. And, you know, right now, we've got a 22-year-old kid that is in our real estate program. He's out in um, Arkansas, and the program, the coaching has changed his life. It's changed the whole trajectory of where he's going in life, and he's just doing amazing. And so it, it is just rewarding. That is fantastic. I can tell you get a lot out of it. That that passion is bubbling over. Like, okay, what can I give? What can I pour into somebody? So why is a curious mindset important in business and entrepreneurship? I, I really think entrepreneurship is based on curiosity. Mm-hmm. We why, do too. Why else would we do the things we do? Because, you know, as you said in the introduction, the fears and anxiety that come with it. Why do, why do we put ourselves through that? It's because of the curiosity that we have. And I think a lot of it is based on, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And entrepreneurs want to know more. And there's certain things that we can't achieve things in life if we don't know anything about them. You know, there, there's goals that you can achieve if you know what they are. You can't achieve a goal you don't have. And so I think curiosity is something that it's, it's got to always be there. You've always got to be learning because there's always more to learn and change your perspective. Change what you believe you can actually do and what's possible. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this. In life, we all have our limitations. And those limitations, a lot of times, they're psychological. And they're subconscious. We don't even know what we don't know. But a lot of times we internalize those experiences subconsciously as fear. And then we paralyze ourselves. And that becomes the barrier, right? And so as an entrepreneur, as we take that step into the unknown, stepping outside into our comfort zone, as an individual, as a father, as a, a, a neighbor, Tell me how you're able to get your clients that you are counseling, um, that you are mentoring, to go beyond those barriers to get to the next level to, in terms of where they're trying to go. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, it. you mentioned stepping out of your comfort zone. And that, that can be a hard thing for a lot of people. And at different levels, like something that might be really hard for me, that would be a big step, might be easy for you. So it's really being on their side and leading them, I, I feel. But it it is a psychological thing because so many of our fears, I mean, our, the fears are on things that haven't happened and probably won't happen. And it's helping them realize that, that what is possible and looking at from a different path. And, you know, that, that's one of the things as I started for my entrepreneurs studying the mindset more and really understanding the mindset, I've probably learned more about the mindset from my athletes than anything else because we run a program called the Confident Athlete Program. And the things that we teach in that program to help athletes be confident, 
are no different than what I teach my entrepreneurs. You know, the, the verbiage is a little different, but it's the same things. And so to help someone step out of that comfort zone, one, one of the big things is accountability. You know, we, we have daily accountability. You know, what, what are, what's the one big thing you have to do today and have that accountability to do it? Because I'm checking in with you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Did you do it? Okay. Now what are you going to do today? Mm -hmm. So we do have that daily accountability, but they've got to really have that belief too. Mm -hmm. And they've got to be able to, they've got to be able to see what it is, see what that future is that they're working towards. Dr. Benjamin Hardy, I love how he talks about becoming your future self is we have to help them to work from that position rather than working towards that goal, work from that goal, like put yourself where you're trying to be mm -hmm. and act as that person now, rather than trying to work towards that, be that person now. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's interesting. You mentioned accountability. Now, we see accountability as one of those things where it's not external. Somebody is going to be checking on you to make sure it gets done. But instead, you own that accountability. I'm going to be accountable to get it done. And oh, yeah, by the way, somebody's going to check on me as well. And I, I know some people in some situations get a little bit uncomfortable with that accountability piece of it. And you said daily. So talk to me about accountability in general and why it's important. Let me, let me start with a story. So I've got an accountability coach that, similar to the calls I do, we have a quick call every morning. And it's just what I said. Okay, yesterday I said I was going to do this. I did it. Today I'm going to do this and the next person. And so when I started with him, and I'm in a group of very high-level CEOs, and at the time, my accountability was I'm going to do 20 outreaches for the specific project I was working on. And that call was at 6 in the morning. I got done that call. There wasn't one thing the rest of my day went as planned. And it was good stuff. It wasn't that it was a terrible day. I had an incredibly productive day, did some great stuff. And I fully felt justified. I, I didn't do those outreaches. But you know what? Man, it was an awesome day. And then I was sitting there at the end of the day saying, you know what? I am not going to get on that call tomorrow and tell them, you know what? I had a good day, but I didn't do what I said I was going to do. <laughs> and so I did the 20 outreaches. And the next morning I said, yeah, I did it. And this is what I'm going to do today. So just knowing I was being held accountable outside. And so even when I'm talking to people and whether they're going to join one of my accountability groups or not, I tell them, I said, get someone that isn't one of your best friends, isn't a family member, someone that you're going to be accountable to and report to them daily. Even in our athletic programs, we have athletes that we pair up that they're accountable to each other on a daily basis. And it doesn't take much. I mean, we do it on phone calls, quick calls every day. You can do it in text. You can do it however you want. But when you have a way to make sure you're holding yourself accountable and you're not giving yourself an exit, an easy way out, man, it's amazing what you can do. It is amazing. You know, it's um, important that as a coach, you have to have compassion. And you have to have a certain amount of love for your students. And you have to be open to learn as well because being a coach is and having a student is a give-and-take situation. And I look at you as a light. I look at you as a light to bring into people's lives to help them see clearer 
of where they're trying to go and what they're trying to get to. And a lot of times you can see things that other people can't. So tell me how when you are trying to get a person to get beyond their barriers, because a lot of times it's not what you add to them, it's what they have to let go. Yeah. Right? It's not the information that you tell them that helps them to um, get to that next level, but a lot of times there are certain psychological emotions and judgments and attachments and, and fears and reactions that to get to where they can see that your light is shining so bright where you can see as a coach. And I know you're one of those kind of guys that will go into a foxhole with somebody. You know, I know you're one of those committed guys who thrive on the adrenaline of overcoming. And you were one of those, and I don't know if you have any military experience, but it seems like you would be the guy in a huddle motivating everybody and then like, okay, come on, let's go. And you'll be out there in the front, <laughs> right? I get that from you. So tell me what some techniques or what are some ways of helping um, add folks to give them the tools in their toolbox in those places where when you're not there, and like you said, I got to make myself accountable. I'm conditioned that. You know, you have been conditioned to believe that about yourself. So you there. Tell me how do you get your students or the people that you're coaching to that next level? Yeah, you know what? One of the key words that you said there was emotions. Because our emotions can really be a problem. And sometimes, I mean, that's a really great thing about a coach or a mastermind or just someone that you can communicate with is getting that outside perspective because a lot of times you get so emotionally attached to a certain decision or outcome that you don't realize that it's not the right one. I was working with one of my clients just last week that it was in, in on the real estate side and he was dead set on a specific property and there is a lot of emotion involved in it. it is because he had had some other deals fall through and this was it. This was the one that had to come through, but it wasn't the right one. And so we stepped back and I said, okay, let's ignore everything and let's just look at the spreadsheets, just the numbers and tell me what it looks like. It doesn't make sense, does it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> and so, and I, I think that's what a lot of it comes down to. It's you've got to surround yourself with the right people to help you talk through things, to help you make the best decisions you can. And you know what? That's not always going to be there. You're not always either one, not going to have someone you can talk to, or you're talking to the wrong person. And so you've got to really be able to take a step back from your own emotions and think through the whole situation. Mm -hmm. And that's not always easy. I mean, I can tell you right now, I've done that wrong before for myself. Mm -hmm. And you've got to learn from it too. So just just like you're going to learn from other people, you've got to be able to reflect on your previous experiences as well so that you can make better decisions. You know, so, when, wait, wait, okay, wait, 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 wait. If I could, excuse okay, go ahead. me. All right. Okay. All right, Jeff. So here's the scenario. You're coaching someone and you have accountability tools set up um, it, so, like the example, this is what you're going to do, mm -hmm. and then you're going to report if you did it or not. You get to the point of, in this coaching, 
arrangement during an accountability session, your, the person you're coaching, quits. I, I, I'm just not going to be able to do it. I, I, I set the wrong goal. It's, it's just really not going to work. I, I, I just, I, I, I'm just not going to do it. But I don't want you to feel like a failure. How do you respond? At that point, it's you haven't done the right things to begin with. So one of the things that we start with is we we look at the big picture to begin with and then start breaking it down, reverse engineer it. And so let, let's say we're, well, let me talk about it in a few different ways. One, we've got fires to put out every single day. And so when it comes to accountability, there's so many important things and there's so many urgent things that happen. And so there's a lot of tools that we use to deal with all that. But when it comes to accountability, we're looking at what is that most important thing that we're focused on. And so then we look at it from, let's say we're looking at a 12-month period. What's that big goal? Okay, what's it going to take for you to achieve that goal? Now let's month to month, what's it going to take? Okay, now we know what you've got to do every month to get there. Now what do you have to do? Okay, this month, let's break that monthly goal that you need to accomplish this month into weekly goals. And then each week, you're only looking at that weekly goal and breaking it down into daily. And so that's where the accountability comes to build up because a goal that you're trying to achieve in 12 months can be enormous. It's a long like, time away. There's no way I can do that. <laughs> but when you break it down into small daily pieces, it's a lot easier. But now where I was going with that is why? Why are you trying to achieve that in the first Back place? To the why. And so there, there's actually a process I learned from Dean Graziosi that's called Seven Levels Deep. And what it is, it's a process to, because everyone's got their why. Oh, I'm going to achieve this goal because I want to make more money. But in the Seven Levels Deep process, it's like, I want to make more money. Okay, why? Because I need to support my family. Okay, why? And you do that seven times, mm -hmm. and it takes it from a real surface level down to your heart, down to an emotional level. And so when you know your true purpose, your true why, then that's what's going to get you up in the morning. When, or on the days that you don't want to get out of bed. Or I, I actually went through this process with an athlete this morning. When we got to the end, I mean, it started was next year, he wanted to be the best player on his basketball team. His final why on the, after seven levels, it came down to the part about getting a scholarship, going to be in the first person in his family to go to college and changing the trajectory of his future family. What's going to get him out of bed in the morning more? Making the team next year or changing the trajectory of his, the next generation? Yeah. And so I think that's part of it is really understanding your why. And the problem is, just like with New Year's resolutions, by February, everyone's given up because they didn't do anything with them, right? So if someone is, even if they're being accountable every single day, but they're falling behind and they're not achieving these goals or something's going wrong, that's when it's really easy for them to give up. Yes. And so one is understanding the why, but two is, okay, let's reset. What needs to happen? You know, we're not going to hit this weekly goal. Can we make it up and still stay on track or do we need to make some adjustments or what needs to happen? Mm -hmm. But it's you know, working with them on that and making sure they can keep that focus because you don't want them to give up. That's right. That's right. You know, so it's not pushing them, but it's helping them remember their why. Yes. And they just keep going. 
Okay, well, good. Let's talk about memory. Let's <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit about um, presence. Let's talk a little bit about muscle memory. You know, when you look at the greats, the Tiger Woods and the LeBron James and things of that nature, one of the things that they have the ability to do, in spite of all of the things that's going on around them, is get into that zone, is to get into the present moment. And one of the things that they do on a daily basis is that they have a coach. And that coach watch every little move that they make because what they're doing is they do something so many times repetitiously. They're reprogramming themselves and their muscle memory so that they can get the same results over and over and over again, being unconscious consciously. So they walk around and it's like a button that they switch. When they step on that court or when they step on that golf course, it's a button that they switch. And they go right into the present moment. And they get such an adrenaline from what they do. They love what they do so much, not necessarily in terms of what they do, but how they are able to go into that present moment and just be there with it now. And I think that the thrill and the joy of like the adrenaline that you said that comes with the unknown, stepping into your fears, is literally you don't have any problem because you don't have time to be any problem because you're in the moment right then and there. And that's such a rejuvenating, regenerating um, um, action. And there are people who get into emergency situations and they click into the present. They don't even know how they did what they did after it's over with, but their mind stopped. They are lying themselves with a higher consciousness that we're all connected to because the same source in which makes your heart beat, it makes my heart beat. The same source that makes your heart beat makes the sunshine, the flowers grow. So we all are part of something bigger than us. And our ability here in this reality that we're living in, our ability to connect to that has a lot to do with our purpose and how we are able to grow. So, when it comes to presence um, and, and coaching, when a person is feeling a particular kind of way, a lot of times it's because their past mental conditioning takes them over. And it's really important to have an exercise. And I, and I know you practice this, but I'm just going to bring this to, to, the, to, to the table, is how often do I have ability to be aware of what I'm feeling? Because in my awareness, then I have a choice. I'm not just being reactive. I'm starting to respond. And the more I bring that alert stillness into whatever it is that I do, the more my presence is going to guide me in a way to reprogram all of the negative fears that I was reacting to and to help me get to that place of a new reality, a new person, a reincarnation leaving those fears behind, but vibrating on another level of consciousness. Yeah, no, I love that. Let me, let me just start with a story and then I'll build into that. So a, a few years back, I had my kids at the Michael Jordan basketball camp and they were practicing foul shots. And, you know, as you do things, you teach them and then do Q&A. And someone asked him, how many foul shots should I be shooting a day? And he said, Enough that no matter what the situation, no matter what the game, whether it's practice, 
final seconds of a playoff game, you're just getting up there and it's just another shot. And it's just like you were saying, muscle memory. Well, you look at athletes, Michael, LeBron, Steph, you know, if they get, if they're going to the foul line, you can see that confidence in them. It's just another shot. Now you put other kids in that situation and you see them and you see the terror in their eyes, right? And so in addition to that, I've got a friend, um, Tyson Durfee, world champion calf roper. And this is, I'm just talking, before I go into that, I want to talk about this preparation. He talked to me one time about when he was younger and his goals to become a world champion, the preparation he put into that. When he competed, he felt like he deserved it more than the others because he knew he had done work that others hadn't done. And so I think a lot of that comes down to what you're saying is putting in that work, putting in everything you can. But that's not always the situation that you can do that. Well, the reality is you don't always have to do it physically. And I think that's where with athletes, with entrepreneurs, we use visualization a lot. And it's a powerful tool. You can do a lot of things in your mind without doing it physically. And so that when you're in that situation, you've got that experience. You've been there. You've done that. You know, Neville Goodard, however many years ago he was, I think he was in the 1930s. He talked about visualization too. For, and he's a great person to learn it from because he talked about doing it from first person. Not, you know, as you're visualizing yourself achieving something, don't do it like you're watching a movie. Do it from that position that you're actually the one doing it. And so, you know, as a, when I competed in rodeo, that was something I did every time I competed was visualize my run before I went. And I do the same thing in entrepreneurship. I visualize the outcome that I desire. Does it mean it's going to turn out that way every time? Of course not. I wish it did because, mm-hmm. you know, got all those lotteries and all those <laughs> I know, things. You'll be a, just a zillion millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I really think a lot of it comes down to making it happen before it does. It's really a possibility. Yeah. You talked about one of the teachers that we follow as well. So that's so interesting. Yeah, he's good. All right, so let's talk about the power of proximity. Why is it important? And what is it? Power of proximity. It's who you surround yourself with. You know, you've, you've heard it. Um, you become as the people you surround yourself with. And it's the same reason. You know, when I was a kid and my mom and dad wanted me to hang around with good friends. Well, there's some legitimacy to that because you do become like the people you spend your time with. Mm-hmm. You know, just this last week, I, I spent last week in Florida at a conference with some very high-level, high achievers. And, you know, you come home from that and you're just pumped and you're ready to change the world. And when you can surround yourself with people that are bigger thinkers, you can really accomplish some big things. I mean, I talked one time with a group about this. I said, you know, have you ever got a great idea and then you share it with someone and they're like, what are you thinking? As if you could do that. And, you know, they (laughs) Mm -hmm. just tear it down. And then you talk to someone else and they're like, Why are you thinking so small? You can do that in a month. Come on, let's think bigger. You know, who is going to help you achieve that goal more? Mm -hmm. The ones that are pulling you down or the ones that are lifting you up? And so power of proximity is who you are surrounding yourself with. And are they going to help you achieve your goals or are they going to drag you down and slow you down? Yeah, sometimes you have to keep quiet, even around family and friends, if they are not ones that fit into that proximity. You know, it's interesting how many... 
entrepreneurs I've worked with that the people that they do need to limit their time with most are family members. And it's, you know, there, there's certain situations that you can say, you know, I've just got to disassociate myself with that person if I really want to go the direction I'm taking my life. It's a lot harder when it's family. But it is, it's easier to avoid conversations, avoid topics, that sort of stuff. Obviously, you don't want to separate yourself from the family just so you can go do your thing. Right. But, but you do need to limit your times. You know, I think that's a, a balance that um, you talked about in terms of being able to build an entrepreneurship successful business and not rob yourself from other things in life that is important as well. Because I, I say you get out of life not what you want, but what you are. And what you are is what you think, what you feel, what your personality is, what your beliefs. And we're all just like energy. and. From a quantum to a chemical, biological, these bodies that we're encompassed in, it creates a vibration that is in line with another vibration that's out there that will connect. But a lot of times the people, places, things, situations, our attachments, what we associate ourselves with, it limits that energy. It limits our ability to connect. And so, like, I hear you say, hey, I'm surrounding myself with big thinkers. I'm surrounding myself with people who have, you know, achieved a whole lot of things. I'm surrounding myself with that. That is your connection to where you're trying to go, and that's the easiest path to get there by feeling good, being around those particular people. But what I want to talk about, and I want you to kind of help me to understand is, you know, success is about what your perspective is. See, success for me might be different from you. And as an entrepreneur, we all like go into business to say, oh, we want to make all of this money and we want to be successful. Well, what is that? And I think it's very important to realize what success is and how to prioritize it in a way where you can have balance. Because you can make all of the money in the world, but if you got a messed up household, if you, you can't you can't control your kids, or if you unhappy, you don't even want to go home. I mean, what good is it? You know. So to me, as a coach, a life coach, is really important because everybody's not going to hit make a whole 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 lot of money. But tell me a little bit about success and how do you help your um, um, students and coach coach them in a way where. Success is a reality for them that they feel like they can make and is defined based on what they want in life. So his students or his clients. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. athletics comes into it as well as yeah. business. Yeah, absolutely. And you're 100% right. Success for every person is different. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it comes down to fulfillment. You know, what is going to fulfill you? Because exactly like you say, you know, people that are held on a high pedestal that everyone, oh, look at their life. Oh, I wish I had that. And then they do the worst, right? And you're like, how could how could they have done that to themselves? And it's because they weren't fulfilled. They didn't, it doesn't matter how much money they had, didn't matter how many cars they had, houses, whatever, they weren't successful. And that's actually, you know, when, when you asked me to introduce myself, that's why the first thing I said is I'm a, 
husband and father mm -hmm. because that's success to me. Mm -hmm. You know, to watch my kids, what they're doing right now, and the successes they're having, that's better than my own successes. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to have more than just the physical, whatever, however you want to say it. You've got to have something that's fulfilling. And you've got to look at your own successes and appreciate it. You know, I've, I created, I call it my mindset journal. And part of that mindset journal is every single day you write down your top goals and then there's a bunch of mindset questions. The first one is, what are you grateful for today? And it doesn't matter what your situation is. There's always something to be grateful for. Another question is, how are you going to step out of your comfort zone today? And we go through all these questions every day and then some more in the evening. But one of the things I love to do with people is as they write out their top goals every single day, I'll say, hey, pull out your journal from a year ago. What were your goals? Mm -hmm. Because as we get closer to achieving our goals, a lot of times we just move that horizon out further. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, you know, what were your goals a year ago? And they'll read them to me. I'm like, you're living that dream. And they're like, you know what? You're right. I keep, I'm after myself because I'm not achieving my goals. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even realize my goals from a year ago are my reality today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we just need to step back and recognize that once in a while. That, that's interesting. I know he, he's ready. Sometimes we fight each other. <laughs> but, look at, but but you you said you you said something um, either in your writings or on your web, website, and that is failure is an option. I learned that the hard way. Okay. All right. More details, please. <laughs> Absolutely. So I mentioned earlier that when I when I left the banking industry, I started a manufacturing company, and. It was based on in the housing industry. And so our our business was just with the housing industry. We had some major ups and some major downs. And one of the things that I really learned on that was a lot. It was, it was a big company. We had a lot of investors. We had a lot of employees. We had operations in Canada, operations in the United States. And it was really cool when things were going great. When things crashed in 08, 09, we took a really hard hit. At the time, we were dealing with a, a company that distributed our product all up and down the East Coast. It was our biggest client. And they came to us and said, hey, if you want to keep doing stuff with us, this is what you have to do. And it didn't, didn't work with us. And so we walked away from that relationship and things just started to crumble. In hindsight, I probably should have shut the company down at that time. But I, I remember sitting in an executive meeting with my team. And in my mind, I'm thinking of my investors that I have personal relationships with and my shareholders, my employees. And I, I remember I actually said, failure is not an option. We're going to figure this out. We did. There was a company that we started in 2005. We shut it down during COVID. So we did survive that and go through. We never really got back on our feet like we thought we should have. But what happened was we had to pour more money into it. We had to do a lot of things. And every time, every time it seemed like, okay, we're there, something else happened with our business in, in Alberta. We were just at the point, I, I remember in, I think it was 2016, we we're going into winter and I'm like, we finally made it. We finally have reached the point we've been dreaming about. And winters were always a slow period. So we went through that winter and that winter 
the oil industry crashed, which is Alberta. And it just hammered us the next spring. And then COVID hit and all these different things. And I look back on it and my whole philosophy was failure is not an option. We're going to, we're going to be the success story. We're going to fight through this, which would have been awesome. I truly wish we had, but the reality is a lot of people got hurt. A lot of people took some hard hits when we had to shut it down and it would have happened in 2009, 2010, but to a lot smaller degree. And the reality was failure should have been an option back then. Those are hard truths. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I listened to that story. And I think about the story of the caterpillar that has a human mind that is evolving to be a, a butterfly, a beautiful butterfly. He don't know it. But it's like, why is this hair growing on me? You know, why, this, why is this stuff surrounding me? I'm dying. You know, the physical form that I am as a caterpillar, because I don't understand the process, I'm dying. I'm going to be in resistance to all of this stuff that's happening. And what happens is that his destiny was to be a beautiful butterfly. So when you say failure is not an option, I look at it. It is an option. I mean, failure is an option. I look at it as if the things that, because you, you, you're the kind of person, you you listen to that inner voice and you listen to that drive and you have enough courage and faith to step out and to do whatever it is that is necessary. And so when you look at, you know, what's good or what's bad, the worst thing that can happen, the best thing that can happen could be the worst thing that ever happened or the best thing you think that could happen will be the worst thing that happened. But I think it all boils down to you being here now. And being able to go through what you've been through, to be able to have the courage to jump off that horse on that bull, <laughs> to be able to, 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 to experience those things that you've experienced because you are now a part. I mean, you you've always are, but you are a light now, right? And you are a light to be used in a world that we're living in that's dark. And so we're all a part of a consciousness that we evolve from, that we're all really connected deeper from a source of love and gratitude and abundance. But as physical human beings, we have a journey. And we're all that caterpillar that is evolving and transcending to be a beautiful butterfly. And so I say that this is what entrepreneurship and talking to wonderful people like you who have that courage to step out and to be able to have enough wisdom and have enough awareness to hear that voice is a beautiful thing to see. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. What I want to add to that is sometimes we need to borrow someone else's light. Ha! You know, I when, when, when things with that company did fall apart mm-hmm. and it was starting to snowball out of my control. I, I internalized it. And it, it was the hardest time of my life. And my wife would come into my office. What's wrong? Talk to me. Oh, everything's fine. Everything's booming. World's great. Everything's fine. There was one day she came in 
and I was a wreck. She sat down and she just said, let's talk. And so I, I laid out the reality and I told her, you know what, this is bigger than me. A lot of people are going to get hurt. And when it's all said and done, I'm still liable. And I don't know what that means at this point. <clears throat> she got up and walked over to my desk. And she says, you know what? It doesn't matter what happens. You and I, we're good. And it was at that point that I was like, you know what? She's right. And that's what's important. I've got to do my best. I've got, to, I've got a stewardship to take care of everything I can. But I can only control what I can control. And so it really... I had to borrow her light to get through that. Oh, that's beautiful. That, that was powerful. So beautiful. That that was powerful. Yeah. Thanks. And it's true. My my husband and I, business itself is not for the faint at heart. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna go through things and they're not all gonna be fun. See, people look at you in business. Now, people probably look at you like, oh gosh, you've had all this experience. This is great. You're so successful, but they don't know your story. Right, right. They don't know what you went through to get to where you are. So right on. You know, one of the things that I always say that if Christ didn't carry the cross, he wouldn't be able to wear the crown, right? So we are here for a purpose. And we're here to serve each other in all kinds of ways. We're like beautiful flowers that is expressing ourselves in all kinds of ways. And the joy is not in what we get or what we, what the things, things. The joy is, comes from within us, within us. Because we're all a part of the divine of love. And to be able to align yourself with that beauty and then at the same time, live in this world where we serve people, have fun, enjoy ourselves. Suffering plays a noble role in our evolution. So it's a part of the process. There are no good. Good cannot exist without bad and bad cannot exist without good. So I mean, so where do you go? Well, you go into the present moment and you become aware and you watch it and you align yourself. You align yourself with the joy. You align yourself with overcoming the fears, and then you enjoy life. And I think that that's kind of what our goal is as we share our experience 20 years, 30 years in, as entrepreneurs. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted to bring this podcast because this conversation that we're having, as entrepreneurs, it can get lonely. Right. People don't understand. <laughs> People look at you in a particular way, Right. So we're here for you. Your journey is our journey, you know. And so it's good that you have a foundation at home that can support you that is a part of the light. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. what he started with. That's his why. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It really is. And, you know, it, it is. The burdens, the failures, they're all part of it. I, I, I actually remember right a long time ago, thinking everything is so good. I, you know, I, I want to write a book someday, but I, I don't have those failures to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I wish I could still say that. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, they build yeah. us who we are. And, and you know what, like I said earlier is I couldn't be the coach that I am without them. Doesn't mean I wish I could 
couldn't take them back. Yeah, there's a lot of failures that I wish I didn't have that experience. I wish I could say, well, I know so-and-so that could help you, but I can't because I haven't had that. But but those experiences, and you know what? As you're talking about being in the present, looking at some of those failures that were so dramatic, and they, they were terrible, but it sure makes a lot of things come into perspective that, you know, I, yeah, I can get through this. This isn't so bad. Look what I've already done. Mm-hmm. And really to look at the situation differently. Oh, yeah. Abs- uh, uh, absolutely. Okay. In your writing, you talk about two more questions. You bet. You talk about authority marketing. And I want to just go a little bit deeper. What is it and why is it important in the entrepreneur journey? Because one of the things you said is, Referrals. That mm-hmm. is your main source of growing your business. So this is now saying marketing, authority marketing. What is it? Well, you look at most companies and they've got the face of the company, that attractive character. And with a lot of entrepreneurs, the entrepreneur is the attractive character. You know, you've got the implementers, you've got the face of the company. But authority marketing is being that attractive character and being able to draw people into your business because of your character. And that's I work with a lot of people on that, on how do you become that attractive character? How do you become that charismatic person that brings people? I mean, you know, a lot of people know who Richard Branson is and they have no idea what his businesses are, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he is that attractive character. And so with authority marketing, I work a lot with people on how to use their own attractive character to get more publicity. And, and, you know, it might be a book, a podcast, something like that. I mean, authority marketing, author, authority marketing kind of works hand in hand there. And so as people look at who they want to do business with, they want to do business with the authority. They want to do business with the number one person. And if you can create a position where you are the authority, whether it's in an entire market, in your local market, whatever it is, it really gives you a competitive advantage. And so it's something you've got to develop. Absolutely. That was great. All right. That still gets to curiosity because there's going to be our listeners out there saying, hmm, I want to have some authority marketing about myself. How do I do it? So it usually satisfies a question. I'm curious. So if there is entrepreneurs at any stage starting out or those entrepreneurs that are looking to scale their business, what questions should they be asking now? There's lots. There's a question that Dr. Alan Bernard, I've heard him talk about before that I thought is really cool. And this is kind of deviating a bit, but I think it's a great, great for someone to think about as they're starting out their journey. He was at a Joe Polish event and they were having a discussion about how, how's everyone going to increase their business by 10% this year? And Dr. Bernard said, you know what? That's a terrible question. Mm. It's, it's a terrible question because if you look at it, there are so many things that you could do to increase your business by 10%. And it's really hard to narrow in and say, this is exactly what I need to do. He said, it's a better question to ask, how am I going to 10x my business? Because, and he called it an impossible goal. Because when you set yourself an impossible goal, 
there's not very many ways you can achieve that goal so that you can look at it and say, okay, if I'm going to 10x this business, what has to be true to allow me to do that? Mm. And there's very few things that are going to be true that are going to allow you to do that. And so it really lets you focus in on what that's going to be. Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan just recently wrote a book called 10x is easier than 2x. And they talk about that and they talk about the 80-20 rule. And you've got to let go of 80% of your stuff and focus on that 20% that's going to allow you to 10x. And so as entrepreneurs or starting aspiring entrepreneurs, there there are a lot of things. I mean, your mind's already going 100 miles an hour, but there's a lot of things. But I think as you look at that, you've got to really look at what are the specific things. And just like I talked about earlier with accountability, where do I want to be in a year? And reverse engineer that down to what do I need to do today that's going to allow me to achieve that goal in a year. And if it's an impossible goal that you've really got to say what exactly has to be true, it's a lot easier to narrow that down. Mm-hmm. And we look at SMART goals. And the R is realistic. And I, I thought, you know what, well, you're supposed to have realistic, but I, I'd much rather be going towards an impossible goal and get a lot further further ahead. Yeah, it's realistic <laughs> when you break it down. But outside of that, it's where I envision, right? Right. <laughs> Which is exciting. So we've had a very insightful discussion and curiosity in business is absolutely important. So. How can our listeners get in touch with you? Yes, thank you. Number one, my website, it's jeffhagee.com. That's H-E-G-G-I-E. Um, probably my most active on social media is uh, Jeff Hagee Coaching on Instagram. But I'm I'm on most social media. And email me directly, jeff at jeffhagee.com. All right. Fantastic, Jeff. That is so exciting. And I am so glad that we stay curious because... That is important, and it is the thing that we are most excited about, and it is our why. So we appreciate that. Can I let me? Can I add one more thing? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. I, I talked about my mindset journals, which that's obviously out there, but the mindset questions themselves, you can get those for free if you go to jeffhagee.com slash mindset, mm-hmm. and you can get those mindset questions, and they're a great way to start your morning every day. Mm-hmm. All right. He gave us a freebie. One more time. How can I get that freebie? It's at jeffhagey.com slash mindset. Fantastic. So you've been listening to more details, please, on Business Radio X. This podcast is brought to you by Detail Experts, the mobile steam cleaning company that saves the planet one franchise at a time. So until next time, we're Angela. And Emmanuel Williams. And thank you so much to our guest, yes. Jeff Hagee. We appreciate you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> thank you. This was so much fun. Thank you for listening to More Details, Please, presented by Emmanuel and Angela Williams from Detail Experts, the mobile steam cleaning company dedicated to protecting the planet. Be sure to subscribe to More Details, Please, on your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow us on Facebook at Detail Experts and visit detailexperts.net. That's D-E-T-A-I-L. X-P-E-R-T-S dot net. We hope you've gained some valuable insights from our conversations today. Stay driven by curiosity 
and we'll bring you more details next time.